Louisville head coach Jeff Brom was recently named one of the top five most impactful hires across the college football landscape this offseason. I'm going to tell you why that narrative is correct. We'll also talk about Stanquan Clark being poised to play an early role for the Louisville Cardinals in 2023 on today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. Stay You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day all about football talk on today's episode of the show in a recent publication by 24 7 sports brad crawford jeff brom was named one of the top five most impactful coaching hires entering the 2023 season we'll talk about why crawford is correct there was another publication called the next wave 100 true freshmen who will impact the 2023 college football season louisville linebacker stanquan clark was named to that list. We'll also talk about why that is significant for the Cardinals. We will then discuss uh, Malik Cunningham potentially switching to wide receiver for the New England Patriots. So a lot of good stuff to talk about. We'll begin with the coaching atmosphere. Jeff Brom obviously coming to Louisville in December was a move that a lot, if not all Louisville fans, pretty much welcomed. If you ask a lot of Louisville fans, this offseason probably couldn't have gone much better in terms of personnel within the program. I really, truthfully, haven't seen one person that was sad about Scott Satterfield leaving to go to Cincinnati. Now, that's not to say that um, that's not the case. There may have been some people that were uh, sad to see him go. But regardless, the overwhelming majority, um, not necessarily sad to see Sat go and ecstatic to see Jeff Brom coming into the program. In a post on 247sports.com, Brad Crawford um, ranked his college football's 23 most impactful coaching hires entering the 2023 season. Jeff Brom made the list at number five. He was uh, number four in terms of head coaches, but to read the list, uh, one to five, number one was Garrett Riley, uh, who took the offensive coordinator job at Clemson. Uh, Luke Fickle went from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Um, Hugh Freeze, Liberty to Auburn. And number four, Deion Sanders, Jackson State to Colorado. Jeff Brom sliding in at number five on this list. This is what Crawford had to say. Rarely does a coaching move work out best for all parties involved. But Scott Satterfield leaving for Cincinnati on his own accord and giving way for Brom to leave Purdue for his alma mater was a grand slam this coaching cycle. Brom led Purdue to a Big Ten championship game appearance last season and also pushed the Boilermakers into four bowl games in six seasons, including the Citrus Bowl. Louisville fans watched him up close and certainly wished loudly that he would step in as head coach when he led Western Kentucky to a pair of Conference USA titles and had 22 combined wins in his final two seasons, leading the Hilltoppers in 2015 and 2016. I think that Crawford is correct for a couple of different reasons. Number one, um, overall program stability. 
I think that Louisville fans have been yearning for a coach to rise up into the helm within this program and give this program stability. What I mean by that is give the program stability for in excess of years. People thought it could have been Charlie Strong after he turned down the Tennessee job, but ultimately he went to Texas. Well, Bobby Petrino comes back for a second tenure, and people think, well, this could be the move that Louisville fans have been waiting for. It doesn't work out. Well, Scott Satterfield rises into the role, and after a solid 2019 season, that you know momentum, that's positive vibes between both parties sort of went out the window with, with the whole South Carolina debacle. The He said, she said, you know, I'm not going to interview with South Carolina, but hey, I'm going to secretly interview for South Carolina. That pretty much soured Louisville fans, um, you know, when it comes to Scott Satterfield and then throw in the mediocre seasons. And, you know, the stability wasn't there. 2023 was going to be pretty much a make or break season with the schedule for Scott Satterfield at Louisville, bringing Jeff Brom into the program and doing so sort of in a, a very solid uh, manner. Now, granted, you can say what you want about Satterfield, but he left the program better than the way he found it. And not only that, he left the program with a lot of solid players on the team um, and in an opportune situation for Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom presents potential longevity. He presents a possible head coach that's going to rise into this role and potentially be a lifer for the Louisville Cardinals uh you know viewing this as a destination job a stepping stone job is just that until someone comes into the role and shows that it isn't and I think that Jeff Brom could be that guy for Louisville I think that's why that this is impactful for the program now granted when you read Crawford's article that's probably not one thing in consideration or if it is it's not necessarily too high up on the list it's meaning it's it's pretty much pointing to okay on the field and program morale You've seen the season ticket numbers. I, I don't have the official numbers in front of me, but from what I've heard, it seems like this is one of the most, um, you know, this is some of the most, um, I don't even know how to say it uh, grammatically correct. This is like the most season tickets sold uh, prior to a season since I don't know how long. So the juice and the rejuvenation is back within this program. So from an off the field standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. Not only do you bring a guy who is a lifer or could be a lifer, it's what Brom represents. Brom represents that hometown guy coming back home. He ultimately turned Louisville down in 2018. It soured a lot of fans back then, but you know, time heals all wounds seemingly. So, 2021, it seemed like there was an opportunity that, hey, maybe Sack gets fired and Brom rises into the role. That doesn't necessarily happen to be the case. Louisville had to replace their president and head athletic director at the time. But 2022 rolls around. You get a guy who is a part of a football family that is very prominent here in the city, a guy that played here, a guy that coached here, family played here, family coached here. It means a lot, and there's a lot of hype for the program. But on the field is where this makes the most sense for Louisville. Brom, you can say what you want about what he did at Purdue, but the reality of the matter is that Purdue was not necessarily a good program uh, when Brom took over, at least not in the greatest of eras when Brom took over. He, within, what, five or six seasons, 
brought them to a Big Ten championship game, got them to four bowl games in six seasons, um, you know, turned out multiple players to the NFL and pulled off some big time upsets as well. And that's something to focus on is that, you know, he turned Purdue sort of, I I don't want to say resurrected, but he definitely revitalized that program um, and got some players into West Lafayette into a place that's hard to recruit. It's hard to recruit uh, for a place that has such high academic standards like Purdue, but what he was able to do on the field with the limited opportunity there, I think is definitely notable. Um, You bring forth an exciting offense to an exciting era of college football. One of the biggest gripes surrounding Scott Satterfield is that lackluster offensive scheme. Now you bring an exciting scheme into the mix that people feel as if going as if it's going to uh, translate over to the ACC, which it should with it working in the Big Ten. But overall, I think that this this move is does a couple things. Number one, it's impactful because it brings the rejuvenation to this program from a fan base perspective. Um, that's number one, in my opinion, as a fan of the Louisville Cardinals, as a host of the Locked on Louisville podcast, that might not necessarily be the intention of what Crawford was leading to in his original article, but looking at this from a person who has a decent pulse on this fan base, this was a move that couldn't have gone any better. Best case scenario, as it's been called to me multiple times this past offseason, Um not to mention, you see what he's been able to do in the transfer portal, the high school recruiting ranks, um, you know, a guy that has succeeded at the power five level. And now he's coming home. He comes to a place with a solid NIL infrastructure in place, an exciting offense to lure recruits to play into um, a decent defense. I think that there's still some question marks regarding there, but the stability is something that Louisville can rely upon in recruiting in terms of funding from boosters, so on and so forth. I tell you, I heard from multiple people high up, um, you know, in the Louisville business world that there hasn't been this much buzz for the Cardinals since the mid two thousands and you know, in the Teddy Bridgewater era as well. So this is something that is fantastic to see, fantastic to witness. You bringing an exciting um, college football mind to his hometown, to his alma mater. It's a match made in heaven. Louisville fans are happy. The coaching staff is happy. Um, it didn't take a full out uh, bottom falling out of the program, two, three, four win season for this chance to happen. You make the move coming off of a seven win season going to a bowl game um you're winning a bowl game actually eight win season i should say um it just makes a ton of sense and it couldn't have come at a better time for Louisville heading into a very opportune season upcoming so i do agree with crawford that jeff brom was a top five most impactful hire in 2023 ahead of next season. But he wasn't the only Cardinal included on a preseason list. True freshman Stanquan Clark was included in a piece from Chris Hummer titled The Next Wave, 100 True Freshmen Who Will Impact the 2023 College Football Season. We'll talk about Hummer's Hummer's explanation along with a little bit of um, emphasis on what the position group looks like here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Let me pull up the graphic just so you know about the opportunities and how to get to uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's how to get there. But nonetheless, the NBA season is over. Congratulations to Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. But make no mistake about it, FanDuel is not in the offseason. Make your way over to FanDuel because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back 
in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Uh, there's a lot of fantastic things that make FanDuel exceptional. You have great promotions daily. You have a safe and secure app to deposit and withdraw funds from. And not only that, but you get paid instantly. There is no uh, lead time. No better place to bet on all the playoff action across all sports than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so heading on in to the second segment of the show, discussing Stan Quan Clark. He was included in Chris Hummer's The Next Wave article talking about 100 true freshmen who will impact the 2023 college football season. Clark rated as the, um, looking at the recruiting rankings, rated as the 375th Best prospect in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. 31st best linebacker, 68th best prospect from the state of Florida. Six foot two linebacker from Miami, Florida, played at Miami Central High School. One of the gems of the Flyville 23 recruiting class. Um, it's been talked about with the opportunity, with the lack of production returning for the Louisville Cardinals in the linebacking room, you have Monty Montgomery transferring to Mississippi, Dorian Jones to Cincinnati, um, Momo Sonogo going to the NFL, KJ Cloyd recently entering the portal, going to Miami. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of um, you know opportunity for players to make their mark. Um, this is what Hummer had to say, and he kept it short and sweet. He says, look, I'll simply just let Louisville head coach Jeff Brom explain why Clark is on this list. He's the one when you sign and say, yeah, he's going to be able to get on the field right off the bat. He's a force. He looks the part. He plays the part. Everything you're looking for in a middle linebacker, he has it, end quote. He goes on to say, Louisville lost both starting linebackers this offseason, and Clark is squarely in the mix as a potential starter in a five- or six-man competition. Expect the six-foot-two, 220-pound a linebacker to play a big role for the Cardinals this season and excerpt. So shortened to the point, but um, you understand what Hummer is saying because it's something that we've reiterated on this podcast. My good friend of the show, um, soon to be weekly um, guest who has made multiple appearances, Grant Mulligan, uh, football recruiting analyst of the state of Louisville.com. He is very high on Stanquan Clark, you know, from what both and I or both of us have heard. We've heard great things throughout spring ball is that he looks the part and plays the part. Like Jeff Brom says, he has jumped off the field in terms of what he's been able to do in spring practice. He had a solid spring game. Um, Off-season workouts look solid. Early enrollee, obviously, very, very key to his um, you know, opportunities and ability to play right away. But you have the talent aspect. You also have the opportunity. And I think that they go hand in hand because you don't have one without the other. And this doesn't become possible without one or the other. You have to have both. You have the talent there, Stan Quan Clark. Um, I personally thought that coming out of high school, he was probably going to be sort of an outside linebacker hybrid, sort of a, a Yasir Abdullah type role. I have to change the way I project him to play at the next level because I think that he's more of an inside linebacker when you hear from what people have said. Andrew Ivins 
of 24-7 Sports projects him as a Power 5 starter, says that he's a new-age linebacker that started off as a safety before eventually moving closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, lined up primarily as an inside linebacker in a 4-3 front, um, so on and so forth. Should be viewed as a front seven defender with some three-down capabilities given defensive back background and speed profile. Um, figures to settle in as a Mike, which is inside linebacker, but has some position ambiguity to him and could even emerge as a jack in a 3-4 look and has added some pass rushing moves to his tool belt. So I think that there's a little bit of a best of both worlds. He has that versatility to play inside or outside, rushing the passer on third down, or simply dropping back in coverage, doing solid in the run. I think that the versatility is going to be one thing that he could use to his advantage in this overall um, opportunity. And I think that Chris Hummer is probably right on when talking about Stan Quan Clark as one of the top 100 guys to see time right away as a true freshman to play a solid role for their respective teams because of that position versatility. When you look at who's going to be contending, now granted you have to understand you're going to be in a 4-2-5 base package. What that's going to look like for the linebackers, who knows, um, you know, are you going to see a guy like Stanquan Clark potentially slide into a defensive back role at times? I think that the versatility creates a, a plethora of opportunities at the um, hands of Ron English, Mark Hagan, Jeff Brom, all the defensive coaching staff. So one thing to look at, uh, you have guys like Jalen Alderman, Jackson Hamilton, Keith Brown coming in from Oregon. He's not yet with the program, but he's projected to be here uh, coming up in the near future. Could you know Brown's late arrival bode well for Stanquan Clark? That's something to focus on. You've also got some other guys like TJ Quinn, who was the standout of the spring game. He's another guy, defensive back turned linebacker, that you could see rise into that role. I think that Stanquan Clark is going to be a player that um, could we see be eased into the conversation of where he's playing more in the back half of the season? Well, sure. I think that that's definitely something to focus on, especially considering that the linebacker position, especially on the interior, is one of the more tough positions to learn, in my opinion. Obviously, I don't have a great football background from but from what I've seen. You know, seeing guys like Harold Perkins, um, you know, other very, very highly rated linebackers sort of struggle to get into the role inside and then have to kind of um, you know grow into that role after mainly playing outside at the high school ranks it, it does make you wonder how ready he's going to be but then again you just never know every situation is different um, every opportunity is different there is one thing that is not debatable and that is that there is an abundance of early playing time available should he take advantage of that opportunity because I mean Jalen Alderman played a solid role when uh, Monty Montgomery went down in 2021 early on in the season but he split time with Dorian Jones and even then you had guys like CJ Avery you had some other guys in the middle of that defense to be able to help you out um, KJ Coyd was another guy that could have ro could have rose into that role but he ends up going to Miami so you have guys like Jackson Hamilton TJ Quinn both really haven't played a ton of significant uh, Division One snaps. Uh, Keith Brown is going to be a, a person to circle because I do think that he's going to be 
a potential starter in 2023 with his experience in the collegiate, um, you know, in the, in the collegiate scheme of things, um, you know, a guy that was projected to potentially start for Oregon this past season. So, or this upcoming season, I should say, but nonetheless, I agree with Chris Hummer. I think that there is ample playing time available. If you would have asked me back in March, I would have probably said, eh, let's let's wait to see how things go now from the people that i've talked to from what i've seen the national landscape say i think that i'm feeling very confident more and more in stanquan clark playing a significant role i know grant mulligan has pretty much doubled down on that take assuming and expecting him to play a significant role for the cardinals and that would line up with chris hummers uh, his article that stanquan clark is one of the top 100 freshman to see potential time next season significantly across the college football landscape. So I want to take this time now to go to the NFL. Um, Malik Cunningham is at the forefront of Louisville in the news or Louisville in the NFL news, as it was recently um, reported that he's potentially switching to wide receiver. He's working out with the wide receivers in OTAs for the new England Patriots. We'll talk about that. Here momentarily. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Still working on the graphics for the Twitter handle like you're used to in the in the last format, but for those who need a refresher, you can find my personal Twitter at Depence underscore the Locked On Louisville Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So be sure to check both of those out. It is definitely appreciated. But final segment of the show, Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham goes undrafted, signs an undrafted free agency deal with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And as OTAs start up, he is now working out with the wide receivers. This was something that doesn't necessarily come as a true surprise, considering that Malik Cunningham told uh, NFL teams that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get onto the field. Now, granted, I will say this. I'm not saying that I'm happy with his move to wide receiver because I think that he has the ability to potentially, you know, make it as a quarterback in the league. But I'm glad that if he personally felt like his best chance to succeed in the NFL was playing wide receiver, I'm glad he made that move immediately instead of sort of dabbling in the league, bouncing from team to team as a backup quarterback, trying to make the final roster. Um, I'm glad that he's, you know, putting his energy into a potential move uh, positions for the future. And this is a team that he's going to that has had a lot of success. I mean, a lot of times this doesn't work out, but if you're going to go to a team, why not go to the one that just had Julian Edelman go from quarterback to wide receiver? That's something to focus on. Um, in an article from Kevin Petra around the NFL writer for NFL.com, had a couple quotes from Malik Cunningham. He said, I've never ran a route ever in my life. It's definitely different, but the quarterback is still in me, so it's kind of learning as we go, just trying to get better each and every day. So that's been the task, trying to focus on the details at the receiver standpoint, alignment, assignment, and knowing what to do. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the offense coordinator for the Patriots, uh, has expressed – that he sees some similarities between Edelman and Malik Cunningham says this, just the culture. uh, This is from Cunningham, just the culture and the Julian Edelman stories, the guys that played quarterback in college and moved over to receiver. That's Cunningham. That's 
from Cunningham saying why he chose New England, seeing those guys do it. And I know not that I'm more athletic than those guys, but we're all in the same level. So I feel like I can do it. Um, this is also an opportunity to where New England right now, I'm kind of looking at the depth chart. I should have looked at this beforehand. Looking at their wide receiving core, I mean, it's not necessarily one that's going to jump off the page. I mean, you look at their potential starters right now, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, uh, you know, one of Kendrick Bourne, Kayshawn Boutte, uh, Tyquan Thornton. So there's a lot of opportunity at wide receiver for the New England Patriots should Malik Cunningham um, show that he's capable of playing receiver at the next level. But I'm glad that if he felt like the move was necessary, that he made the move immediately. Obviously, Cunningham, very agile um, as a runner, um, extremely quick, extremely fast, does a good job of, you know, getting to that second level of the defense and creating uh, big yardage plays. We've seen him juke a lot of guys in college. So there's that, um, you know, making guys miss ability that can help, you know, a guy that's looking to play at the wide receiver position, potentially in the slot. Um, not the largest receiver. I think he'd be what six, one, maybe six, two, six foot around that area. So I'm not sure if he plays out wide, probably more of a guy that they use as a speed guy in the slot ability to make guys miss at the line of scrimmage. Now, obviously it's going to come down to whether or not he can catch the football at the NFL level. And that is definitely a debate that has to be had. That is something that obviously, we still have to see, but nonetheless, I'm extremely excited to see how this goes for Malik Cunningham, because if you're going to make the switch to receiver, you're in the right offense to do so because Bill Belichick, um, you know, has a system in place that, you know, has seen guys go from quarterback to receiver like Julian Edelman. So the blueprint for success is there. And then not only that, but the opportunity at hand, I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily think that there is a true number one receiver on this New England team. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is, at best, in my opinion, a solid number two. Uh, same with Devontae Parker at this stage in his career, especially with Parker's sort of inability to stay healthy at times. And then you have some rookies. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte is a player that could make his way onto the depth chart. Kendrick Bourne has bounced around from team to team. Tyquan Thornton is a player looking to leave his mark on the on the depth chart, but nonetheless, the opportunity is there. The, um, the uh, schematic fit is there for Malik Cunningham as well. So I'm interested to see how this bodes well for Cunningham as he goes through OTA, minicamp, preseason, what he looks like in preseason. Is he going to get those opportunities? So on and so forth. I have faith in Malik, and I'm interested to see how he does in Foxborough. So, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here pretty soon.